As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and we've been waiting for you, really waiting for you. And tonight, we're going to go all the way to the beginning of the book of Genesis and look at the story of Enoch, a man that walked with God and so pleased God that God took him. It is an amazing story. That's the promise that Enoch had from God. I don't know what God has said to you. Has God given you a promise about your family or your business or your health or your ministry or your future? Enoch received a word from God that he would never die. Well, that's an amazing word. Can you imagine the people who thought he was a nut when he began to boldly declare, I'm never going to die. One day I'm just going to disappear. God's going to take me. I'm sure people must have thought he lost his mind, but he knew he hadn't lost his mind. He knew that God spoke to him. And Enoch was the first prophet in the Old Testament. He was so accurate in hearing from God, he prophesied the second coming. In the very beginning of the book of Genesis, he's prophesying the very, very end of the book of Revelation. We're going to see this tonight. It is amazing. And the word he got from God was, I'm never going to die. One day God is just going to take me. I'm going to be translated. And it is the first rapture in the Bible. He stood by his word from God. And guess what? He got what he stood by. What has God said to you? Has God said he's going to heal you, bless you, make you rich, turn you into a missionary, give you a ministry, give you a family, give you a house, give you a new car? I don't know what it is, but you know. If other people have said you're a nut, do you know you've heard from God? It doesn't matter what other people think. You have to stand by what God said to you. Amen. Amen. I'm already encouraged tonight. I don't know about you, but that is already encouraging for me tonight because there are some things that I'm standing by and I'm believing for. And there are some things that you're standing by and believing for. They may be little, but they're important. Stand by them. Amen. And I want you to have the whole study guide. It's free. Please go to runner.org right now. Just do it right now. And right there on the homepage, you can see free study guide today. God's Hall of Faith. This is the whole series, which I'm teaching right now in my regular TV program. And tonight we're going to be discussing among us, which is me and Denise and Paul and Maxine. But the study guide is huge. When I sent this to the editors, they were like, whoa, <laughs> it's like a whole book and it's free. And while you're there, you have to go ahead and order the whole series. It's 10 parts. God's Hall of Faith. It comes in multiple formats. I want you to have this. This will just absolutely put a rock solid foundation underneath you that it's all right for you to wait for God's word to come to pass in your life. And if you need prayer, please let us know how to pray for you. We want to pray for you. Just write to us at prayerrenner.org or give us a call 1-800-742-5593. If you have to leave a message, we will call you back. But friends, we will really pray with you but we're also offering you Sparkling Gems from the Greek, Mr. Renner. All right, here we go. Sparkling Gems, volume number one, and Sparkling Gems, volume number two. Now, Sparkling Gems, volume number one, and volume number two are both available in English. Sparkling Gems, volume number two, will soon be available in Russian, and we're pretty excited about that. Oh, yeah, we are. But right now, I am rereading Sparkling Gems, number one, and as soon as I get done with it, I will be reading Sparkling Gems, Number two. Now, it may seem daunting because these books are not your 
regular books. They're you not know what? small. I, I have a hard time writing small books. Well, you're a very talented author, and you write big books. And they're very easy to read. Well, thank you. So these are specifically very easy to read because when you open them up, you'll find out that it's just a little bit for each day. For instance, I just opened it up to April 9th. Let's see, how many pages do you have? Wait, wait, what is April the subject 9th? April 9th? April 9th is similarities between the human body and the local church, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Ooh, this looks like fun. Oh my goodness, One, that is two, so three. good. Okay, this is four pages. Now, four pages, depending on who you are, is not a very difficult read. But I'm sure that this will be very helpful for you because you need to know what are the similarities between the human body and the local church and why the Apostle Paul talks about it. Well, get Sparkling Gems number two. Well, you know what? After your little advertisement, I might go read that. Well, it's a good book. And I know that you use it when you prepare for your own programs. You know, I use Sparkling Gems all the time <laughs> because I have really invested my life in those books. Mm -hmm. And I, I harvest the material all the time. It really helps me. Okay, one more thing. Recently, when me, Joel, and Maxime were doing home groups, I went to the back of Sparkling Gems to find... Isn't that a treasure? The Concordance. And here in the back, you can actually see the verses that are mentioned, and the verses that are mentioned in depth are highlighted in bold. The verses that are just mentioned, just uh, quoted, are not highlighted in bold. But then you can also go to the Greek words. And I used both the Greek words section and the concordance section and the, to help with our home groups. And the Greek words are listed in English and in Greek, so you can read it both ways. Yes, it's very easy. Paul, thank you. You know, people all over the world read Sparkling Gems. And if you don't have yours yet, order yours today. It will really make a difference in your spiritual life. But hey, Denise, welcome to Home Group. Thank you, Rick and Home Group. Welcome. Are you <coughs> enjoying what we're studying? I can't wait to hear about Enoch tonight. Oh, it's going to be good. And Maxine, we welcome you as well. I'm, I'm so thrilled to be here. It's such an honor to learn. And I know many of you, many of us feel like it's such an honor to learn from you, Pastor Rick. Well, you know, before we get into the home group, I want to say that today I looked out the window and there was no cloud cover anymore. <clears throat> this morning when we got up, the sky was beautiful. It was lavender and purple and pinks, just all reflecting on the beautiful snow. So pretty. But I mean, the snow is really, really deep. And I've been praying for many of you because I know you've been dealing with really foul weather. Hey, you know what? Just look out there and think about the grace of God. That's what I think about when I see snow. Snow covers all the scars. Doesn't matter what's under it. You can't see it anymore because the snow just makes everything beautiful, just like the grace of God. And that's what I think of when I look at snow. I think about how the grace of God just covers everything and makes us white as snow. Isn't that wonderful? But hey, reach for your Bible and let's go back to Hebrews 11. We're talking about God's <laughs> hall of faith. And very quickly, we're going to review verse 1. And in verse 1, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we've seen that the word substance is the Greek word hypostasis. And guys, it's a compound of hupo, which means by. The word stasis, which is a form of the word histomy, which means to stand. When you put the two words together, it means to stand by something, but not just to stand by it, to determine that you're never going to move from it. 
it is a deliberate decision. This is mine. I'm never going to let go. I'm going to stand by this. I don't care how long it takes. I will never move from this. I will never budge. I will never flinch. I'm going to hang on to this, stand right by this. And the verse says, faith is, now you understand, standing by things hoped for, which means you haven't received it yet, so you're still standing in faith for it. This verse really depicts the attitude and the behavior of faith. Faith is unbendable, unbreakable, never surrenders, never relents, never budges, never lets go. And then when you come to verse two, it says through faith, you got to keep it in context, through this unbendable, unbreakable faith that never recants, never relents, never recedes, never backs up, never lets go. We understand that the elders, talking about people in the Old Testament, obtained a good report. Why did they get a good report? Because they stood by. They stood by until they received the manifestation. Then you come to verse 3, and verse 3 says, Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the Word of God so the things that do appear were not made of things which are seen. Okay, what does that mean? It seems very complex, so I'm going to help you. First of all, it says through faith. What kind of faith? unbendable, unbreakable faith that never relents, never recants, never surrenders, never flinches, never budges, never lets go. Unbendable, unbreakable faith. We understand, and the word understand is the plural version of the word noose. It means we think. We intelligently consider. So the writer of Hebrews has really considered this. He's looked at the Old Testament. He's saying rationally you can see this. We understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. The word worlds, as I said last night, is not the word gase, which would describe the physical planet Earth. It is not the word cosmos, which would describe the universe. It is the word ionos. And the word ionos describes a limited period of time within the past history of mankind. So you could translate the verse through this unbendable, unbreakable, never give up kind of faith. We intelligently understand that different time periods within the past history of mankind, like decades, centuries, millennials, different generations were framed by the Word of God. And the word frame does not mean to create out of something new, but to take something old and to refashion it, to remold it, to reshape it. So now the verse is radically changed. Through faith... Faith that never relents, never recants, never surrenders, an unbendable, unbreakable faith that stands by what it's hoping for and refuses to let go, we understand that different generations in the past, different time periods, have been reshaped, reformed, and altered by those who received a word from God. And then the King James Version says, so the things which are seen were not made out of things which appear... It literally means when they got finished, they left the world different than when they first came into the world. And that's encouraging for us today because if that was true in the past, it's true today. If you stick by the word, the word that God gave specifically to you, it will change your life or the time that you're living in. Now, this may be applicable only for your life. It may be applicable for the life of your family. It may be applicable for a larger group of people. But if you stick by it, then you'll see how that word and your ability to stick by it will actually change your reality. You change everything. You change your city, change your family, change 
change your finances, change your world. You can change your world by getting a word from God and never letting go of it. And all of chapter 11 is about people who got a word from God and refused to let go. They just refused. They had plenty of opportunities. Any of them could have bailed out at any moment, and I'm sure they were tempted to do it. But you can read about all those individuals in this free download, God's Hall of Faith, which is at renner.org. But the first inductee into Hebrews chapter 11 is Enoch. Listen to what the Bible says. Enoch is mentioned first. Then we read about Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Gideon and so many others. But Enoch is very important. Enoch was a prophet. In fact, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 5, it's where we first read of Enoch. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. He even gave Methuselah the name Methuselah, which meant until the judgment comes. He even prophesied about his son. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. Okay, first of all, I just want to say something to you guys and to you. Those first 10 chapters of the book of Genesis, it was a world that is nothing like the world that we live in today. For example, Adam lived so long that it is likely that Enoch knew Adam. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is amazing. His son Methuselah lived nearly a thousand years. It was a world unlike anything that we can understand. Imagine if you can interview Adam. They were all living concurrently with each other. And Enoch was the first prophet in the Old Testament. And in fact, Enoch's ears were so sensitive to hear the voice of God that in Genesis, he prophesied the end of the book of Revelation. And what he prophesied is actually recorded in Jude, Mm -hmm. verse 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints, In the beginning of time, he saw the end of time when we return with Jesus to set up the millennial reign, which means God's had a plan from the very beginning. Isn't that amazing, guys? (laughs) What do you think about that, Sister? I just think it's amazing that he prophesied thousands of years before it happened. I mean, so much happened before that time. There's nothing said about redemption. There's nothing said about the Savior. Nothing said about saints, and he's speaking about saints. That's amazing. But when you come to Hebrews 11.5, listen to what it tells us about Enoch. By faith, wait a minute, what does faith mean here? This unbendable, unbreakable faith, faith that stands by a word from God. You've got to keep it all in context. So if the word faith is used in this chapter, it means Enoch received a word from God. And he refused to let go of it. Well, what was the word? By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. He received a word from God that he would never die. Now, what do you think people thought when he began to declare his faith? And we know that he did because the Bible tells us faith speaks. If he was standing in faith, he was speaking what God said to him. He was saying, I'm never going to die. 
I'm going to be translated. I'm going to be raptured. You know, there are people who today don't believe in the rapture. They think it's a fairy tale. Hey, God's been rapturing people for a long time. Enoch was the first man to be raptured. And Enoch stood in faith. By faith through this unbendable, unbreakable faith that never recants, never surrenders, never recedes, never lets go. He stood by his word from God. By this unbendable, unbreakable faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Now you talk about a unique word from God. And the word translate means to transfer or to remove. It talks, really it's the same Greek word for a catching away or a rapture. God just took him. And in fact, the Bible says he was not found. Well, that's even important. The word found, Maxime, is the Greek word heurisco. The word heurisco is the Greek word for a very serious investigation, a scholarly research, which means when suddenly he disappeared, people looked for him. I mean, they researched, they investigated. Where is he? Everybody look everywhere. Let's find out where is he. They looked everywhere that could be looked at and he was not found. They could not turn up Enoch. They couldn't turn up his body. Why? Because God had translated him. <laughs> and when you read <coughs> Hebrews eleven five, it says, for before his translation, before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Friends, he had a word from God before his translation. And this verse says he had the testimony that he pleased God. Hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you please God? Well, Paul, read Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay, most people think that verse describes the absence of faith. Mm -hmm. If you don't have faith, <coughs> if you have an absence of faith, you can't please God. That's one of those verses that's not translated right. Mm -hmm. The word without, it's the word chorus. The word chorus means to be outside of something. For example, I can be in this room or I can be out of this room. <clears throat> but I can't be in and out at the same time. You can be in the city or you can be outside of the city limits. It means if you're outside of a place of faith, which means faith has an address. Faith is a real place. Faith is an assignment. You're either in the place of faith or you've moved out of it. For example, God called our family to the former Soviet Union. This is our address of faith. This is where God called us. God has called me recently to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on television and media. That's my assignment. I have to stay in my assignment. I have to stay in my place of faith. As long as I'm in the place where God called me, as long as I'm in the assignment that God gave me, then I'm going to please God. But if I, chorus, the Greek word, if I move out of that place, if I say, this is too hard, it's taking too long, this is tougher than I knew it was going to be, and I surrender it and walk away from it, I cannot please God. That's what it means. And by the way, when the Bible says cannot please, the word cannot is a Greek word, adunatos. It is you're incapable of pleasing God if you leave your assignment. You're incapable of pleasing God 
if you abandon the word and the promise that God gave you. If you want to please God, then you've got to stay on assignment. You've got to stay in the word. You've got to stay in the place. You've got to stand on the promise. Faith never surrenders, never recants, never lets go, never walks away from. It holds on to the promise. Verse 6, without faith, if you move out of it, you'll be incapable to please God. And the rest of verse 6 says, For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that, what? Diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. That word diligently means diligently. Which means the truth is, sometimes it's tough to stay in the faith of faith, place of faith. You've got to diligently work on this. Now, for me personally, God's given me some pretty big words in my life. And I diligently work on staying in a place of faith. Part of my diligence is making sure that I remove negative voices. Mm-hmm. I don't allow people around me who's going to try to coax me out of what God's called me to do. I surround myself <laughs> with people who speak the same language I speak. You need to be very careful about who's around you. You need to be careful about what you see, what you think. Thoughts become actions. You need to be really setting a guard at your mind, your eyes, your ears, who's around you. You need to work on staying in a place of faith. Feed your faith, feed your faith, feed your faith so that you stand by what God has said to you. And the example tonight is Enoch. What do you think he heard from people when he said, you guys, you're going to all die, but not me. God has told me He's just going to rapture me. I'm sure there were people laughing their heads off. What is wrong with this man? Thinks he's never going to die. But the Bible says he pleased God before his rapture because he had the testimony that he pleased God. Mm -hmm. He got a word from God and he said, never going to surrender. See you guys later. One of these days, you're not going to find me anymore. Paul? (laughs) That's awesome. And today, when we talk about the rapture, we talk about it as as if it's something that it is, as something that has occurred. But for them, it would have been the first time that anyone had ever heard of someone not dying. Just disappearing. Just simply disappearing. And today, we're expecting our own rapture. We believe in our own rapture. We believe in eternal life. But for them, it would be the first time anyone would have ever said that. Maxime? It's so encouraging when you talk about the people that received the word of God, and I'm sure it's the word Rhema. It's God really speaking to you directly. It's not Logos. And uh, so people received the word of God. They received Rhema word. And if God gives you Rhema word, you can change the life of people around you. And if, if do I have time to read one verse, Pastor? What you were saying made me think of one word, verse. It's Hebrews. Please verse, do. First, cha- first chapter, verse 3. It talks about Jesus. Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. I want to talk to you about this phrase, and upholding all things by the word of his power. In, in Greek, the word upholding is the word phero, which means to carry. Think about it. The word of God says that God carries all things by what? What, what does he use? By the word of his power. The word of his power, of course, it's rhema and dunamis. So God gives to his people rhema word. And by giving to his people rhema word, he carries events. He carries our, our, 
our lives. He carries our worlds. He carries everything by giving people rhema word. So, so uh, upholding means Pharaoh. So that's what he, or, or carry. God carries everything by giving rhema word to his It's people. a bear. It's a picture of carrying something along. Maxime, thank you. That was wonderful. Thank you. Denise? Well, I'm thinking about, <coughs> excuse me, I'm thinking about the word <coughs> rewarder of those who diligently seek him because you know, when you're in your fight, when you're pressing forward, when you're using your faith and it looks like nothing is happening, God is watching and he's already preparing your reward. He's a, he is a rewarder. Hallelujah. He doesn't like overlook what you did. Oh, I forget to reward them. Oh, no, no, no. He has already got your reward right in place to give you. Amen. Paul? It's been wonderful. I've been encouraged tonight to stand by a word that the Lord gave me, and I hope you've been encouraged to stand by a word that the Lord gave you. You could call it our faith worldview. Amen. Because we have faith, and that faith actually changes the way we see future events in our own lives. So I don't know what God has said to you, but if you'll stand by it, may take time, but it'll come to pass, and you'll leave things different. You will change the world around you. Go to bed, sleep well. We'll be back tomorrow night, and tomorrow night we're going to look at Noah. It's going to be awesome. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.